You're listening to Halford and Bruff. Barzell stops. He's a score! For the second time this season, it's Horvath in overtime. We have a bowl. I'm not going to shoot the puck anymore. And, um, I'm not going to score any more goals. So. Why are you so pissy? The Canucks are not getting any indication from Patterson that he wants to be here long term. Good morning, Vancouver 601 on a Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, everybody. It is Halford, it is Breath, it is Sportsnet 650. We are coming to you live from the Kintech Studios in beautiful Fairview Slopes in Vancouver. Jason Breath running behind this morning. He'll be joining us shortly. No worries here. I'm flying solo. I'm on the solo cam on the stream on Sportsnet Plus. A-Dog's here. A-Dog, good morning to you. Good morning. And Laddie, good morning to you as well. Hello, hello. Halford and Breath of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer. Today, we are in Hour 1 of the program. Hour 1 is brought to you by North Star Metal Recycling. Vancouver's premier metal recycler pays the highest prices on scrap metal. North Star Metal Recycling, they recycle, you get paid. Visit them at 1170 Powell Street in Vancouver. We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech is Canada's favorite orthotics provider, powered by thousands of five-star Google reviews. If you have sore feet, you know what you're waiting for? Kintech. That's what. Wow. Well, you set yourself up there. That was Not cool. Bad, that was eh? very nice. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. We got a, little, a big show. A little teary-eyed here, actually. Single solitary tear from the A-Dog. We have a big show ahead on a Tuesday, a game day Tuesday here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Guest list gets underway at 6.30. Greg Wyshynski, our good buddy from ESPN.com, NHL Insider, is going to join us. We will talk about the Elias Pettersson contract situation. Yes, we will talk about the Elias Pettersson contract situation. Did you know, dogs, were you aware that in his bold preseason predictions, Greg Wyshynski wrote the following. <clears throat> the Elias Pettersson contract speculation will loom over everything. Wow. Dun, dun, dun. Nostradamus over here. Uh, Greg impressive. knew. Uh, we'll talk to Greg at 6.30. We can set up tonight's game, by the way. Canucks, Penguins, 7 o'clock from Rogers Arena. Big game tonight against uh, a team that the Canucks have many ties to, of course, with the executive and the coaching staff and the former players. Speaking of Pittsburgh, 7.30, we're going to go to Pittsburgh. Sean Gentili, NHL writer from The Athletic, is going to join us. We'll talk to Sean about tonight's opponent. Uh, a very erratic season for the aforementioned Penguins as they win a couple, lose a couple. They have one two straight as they come into Vancouver tonight. This kicks off a big, lengthy uh, Western Canada and, of course, Seattle road swing for them. So Sean Gentile is going to join us at 7.30 from the Athletic to preview tonight's game. Speaking of a preview of tonight's game, 8, o- eight o'clock. Whoops. Well, whoops, we had a good show going there. It was fun. Eight o'clock, Brandon Batchelor is going to join us off the program, the play-by-play voice of the Vancouver Canucks. He will be on the call tonight. What time is that again? Eight o'clock. Thank you. I do that often. Often enough. It's fine. Uh, So working in reverse on the guest list, eight o'clock, it's Batch. 7.30, it's Sean Gentili from The Athletic. 6.30, it's Greg Wyshynski from ESPN. Mentioned, of course, Canucks, Penguins, seven o'clock, Rogers Arena tonight. Uh, Jason is here now. Good morning, Jason. Good morning. Uh, I missed you. I did the Kintech read well, but yeah. then I called it 8 o'clock. 
And then you said it again. You win (laughs) some. (laughs) You win some and you lose some. Yeah, okay, well. It was eventful, the (laughs) two minutes to start the show. That is (laughs) the show. You should have seen my drive in. (laughs) (laughs) That is the show. That is a rundown. Laddie, without further ado, let's tell everybody what happened. Hey, did you guys see the game last night? No. What happened? I missed all the action because I was... We know how busy your life can be. What happened? You missed that? What Happened is brought to you by the BC Construction Safety Alliance. Making safety simpler by giving construction companies the best in tools, resources, and safety training. Visit them online at bccsa.ca. The Vancouver Canucks may have had a day off yesterday, but for those of you on social media, you know that Canucks Twitter did not have a day off. In fact, they had a day on. A day on fire, that was. It all began with those jackals at Czech TV, better known as Donnie and Dolly who decided that they were going to put a poll question out into the ether, <laughs> into the universe. A poll question. This is why poll questions are awesome, by the, the way. The most serious thing that we have as a society. Poll questions are tearing the world apart. One by one. They're the best. I wish we could do them. Yeah. I really want, we should bring them back. And, and what, did this, what did this poll question ask? Well, the poll question... Was not was about the Vancouver Canucks. I'll, I'll start there. But uh, without dedicating, and now that I realize it, too much of our time to a rival show and station, uh, Donnie and Dolly. They're rivals. They're partners. They're partners. They're partners. I consider everyone a rival. <laughs> Considers you a rival, Just so we're clear. <laughs> other, I cons- other shows on the station. <laughs> I, yeah. You're all rivals to me. I, I consider Bruff a rival. <laughs> Can you show up on time? Rival? Anyway. They ran a poll question, not about the big win over Boston on Saturday, not about the fact that the Canucks had gone through some adversity and come out the other side. No. What kind of poll question could they run about that win? Would it be like, did you like that? Yeah, that's a great poll question. (laughs) The Canucks won. Did you have fun? Yes. No, or maybe. How awesome was it? The answers include awesome, super awesome, and very awesome. No, the poll question was... Who will you blame if the Canucks trade Elias Pettersson? Not dun, dun, dun. Not will you be upset if the Canucks trade Elias Pettersson? Or do you think the Canucks will trade Elias Pettersson? Galaxy brained it seven steps ahead. I personally was like, whatever. It's a poll question. I'm a grown man. I have lots of things on the go that don't involve getting upset over a poll question. Apparently, I was in the minority yesterday. You, you actually you don't have that much on the go but i was also asleep when all this happened he was making a sandwich just so we're clear <laughs> anyway <laughs> things kind of went crazy now i understand that there's a, a a cross section of our listenership i'm not sure how large but that they don't engage either with the online presence or with social media they don't really know the fury and the fuhrer and to be fair social media things do kind of last in 24 hour seconds but there was a lot of people that were upset and then the conversation sort of mushroom clouded. That's how I describe it. It got bigger and bigger, and it became about media's involvement and media, what they were supposed to be doing, what they should be doing, should this conversation be happening, whatever. It kind of got really big and not all that pleasant. I'm going to play some audio from Donnie and Dolly yesterday where they were kind of facing the wrath and the backlash and why are we talking about this and not talking about the team and are you guys playing into Eastern media's and, and they're, they're sort of puppeteer and the puppet master thing with the Canucks. All of this happened yesterday. (laughs) Here's the audio. Donnie Dolly talking about the very essence, uh, Elias Pettersson and his contract situation. 
it's become a distraction now for the Canucks. I, I, that's the only way I can say it. And, and Donnie, they're willing to talk and throw a lot of money at Patterson, but uh, they don't have a willing participant to talk contract with. That's the bottom line. And the Canucks have to protect themselves. They can't go through this again next year, folks. They can't. They cannot go through this next year when it will be 10 times worse because he's a UFA. He's an RFA now. Mm. Um, teams are calling because the future is unknown for Patterson. Canucks are not getting any indication from Patterson that he wants to be here long term. There's frustration there. Uh, I still have no intel that he wants out. Up till now, I've always thought Patterson would sign, but I'm not so sure now. Uh, Vancouver's got to do their homework here, Donnie, when it comes to a trade. they got to do the homework. I don't see a trade in the next two weeks, but if it doesn't get resolved in the summer, obviously if uh, he's not here long term, it could, it could end up gearing that way. Okay, so uh, I spent entirely too much time on X or Twitter or whatever they call it now. You yesterday. were you were you were online yesterday. You were I online. Was online. You were it online. was uh, I, I was some old school Jason online bruff last night and during the afternoon actually, and I uh, had a lot of people that agreed with me and a lot of people that disagreed with me. Um, I don't know if you know this, but uh, social media tends to. Um, uh, kind of like it's uh, it divides people into like silos of mm. like groups. No, no, it does. It divides like, people. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't believe it. Even in even in something benign as a local hockey team, and a, and a, po- and a poll question. Yeah, Although poll, poll questions, questions are inherently divisive. Okay. Anyway, continue. Okay, so here's my take on the situation. I even wrote some stuff out. I get that Pedersen said he didn't want to talk about it during the season. Believe me, I know. I had half the Canucks fan base remind me that Pedersen said he didn't want to talk about it. So I just want to make that clear. I understand that. And I get that that's his right. He is perfectly within his contractual rights to wait. He's under contract now. He's playing the games. And for a lot of people, that's good enough. Here's why I think it's still worth talking about. Just talking about it. Just discussing it. Are you ready? Are you ready for the reason why it's worth talking about it and newsworthy? I am newsworthy. Re- newsworthy. I am ready. Newsworthy. I am ready. I am ready. I am We're ready. not just doing it for the clicks. I'm ready. The Vancouver Canucks. The team we all cheer for, you know, like the the team. The team, the one with the the, the whale logo. It's, uh, you know, we, we all hope they win the Stanley Cup one day. The actual team, the organization, and the people running the team, Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin, they want to talk to Petey now. And they're getting frustrated that he won't even come to the table. I asked someone that's a lot more dialed in than me yesterday, how frustrated are the Canucks that Petey won't even come to the table? The answer was very. I did not answer I did not ask Rick Dollywall this, but he said yesterday the Canucks are frustrated. So two different sources. We could put it that way. Sure. Yeah. Just people that are more dialed in than me. There's almost a feeling within the Canucks of what more do we have to do here? You, Petey, said you wanted to play for a winner. Well, we're winning. 
was that just a line you threw out there? Because the other thing we've said is we've still got a lot of work to do. Tons of it. We've got a plan for the future so we're not just a one-and-done winner. We'd like that future to be with you. We'd love that future to be with you. We really, really like you. But now, because you won't even come to the table to talk to us, we're having to make a contingency plan in case it doesn't involve you. If we wait until the offseason and you bail on us, maybe some of the players we've targeted in the contingency plan aren't available anymore, perhaps. If you bail on us, maybe we have to work harder to lock down some of our pending UFAs, or maybe we don't lock down some of our pending UFAs because we have to explore the possibility of taking a step back next season and using our cap space in a different way. Meanwhile, Pedersen, and again, this is his right, and this is what he said he wants to do, doesn't think he's doing anything wrong by taking his time. Maybe he wants 100% of his focus to be on hockey. Maybe he still doesn't believe that the winning is sustainable long-term in Vancouver. Maybe he doesn't think, maybe he actually didn't think the Canucks had any chance of winning this season, and now he's like, uh, did not see this. Uh, maybe waiting is all about gaining leverage in a negotiation. Maybe he doesn't like sushi. Maybe maybe he's tired of the rain. Who knows? He's not going to tell us. He's not going to tell us. We know that. But really, what it all comes down to is whether you think it's a big deal that the Canucks are frustrated that they can't get PD to the table. The team wants him to start negotiating. He won't. I personally think that's worth talking about it, no matter what he said about waiting until the end of the season. If the team is frustrated, it doesn't mean I'm frustrated, it doesn't mean Halford's frustrated, it doesn't mean A-Dog's frustrated, it doesn't mean Laddie's frustrated, but if the team is frustrated, that's news. That's something that's happening right now. It's about the team. And as a fan of the team, I'd like to see this manager group get some certainty on his situation. I like what they've done to improve the team. Have we all liked what they've done to improve the team? I'd like to see what else they can do. One last point, because I realize this has been a long rant. We've talked so much about alignment, the, the, the importance of alignment, and everyone from management to the coaching staff to the players are all rowing in the same direction. Can we all agree that alignment is important and that it's been a good thing for this team? They even talk about how the guys down in the AHL, like Baines is coming up and he's going like, it's a lot easier to join the team because what we do in Abbotsford, we do in Vancouver. Well, everyone's rowing in the same direction, but the Canucks don't know which way Petey wants to row. He's out like puttering around in uh, like a dinghy. He's one of their best players. He's about to become one of the highest paid players in the league. And there are some people out there who don't think this is worth discussing, even like talking about it. They only want us to talk about the great season the Canucks are having, which we have. But, you know, fair enough if that's what you want. Um, I'm not going to tell you how to be a fan. I'm just trying to lay out why this is, for me, I think worthwhile discussing. 
I think we can discuss both. What a great season the Canucks are having in the, you know, one of the three hours of the show that we have. Mm-hmm. And then maybe another, uh, I don't know, half hour of the show, you can be like, but you know what? I'm kind of curious about what's going to happen with Pedersen. And then we can do some NFL talk, some NBA talk. It's because it's three hours. It's a three-hour show. I think we should do everything as related to the Canucks and the NHL. And that, my friends, is my Elias Pedersen rant. Yeah, and I, you know, I didn't really want to add too much onto it because I think, well, one, it's a good rant. And two, no one wants to hear a rant followed up by a rant. But, you know, there are times where, yeah, we have to take a step back and kind of explain why we're talking about certain things. I think it's very reflective of the modern fan experience and the and especially locally where all a lot of people want to do is amplify the good and turn down the suck. And for that, oftentimes that conversation falls into I don't want to hear anything negative or potentially even negative. Like he hasn't. Like and it's left, fine, and, and and that's and that's fine. Well, you know, and that's fine. Why it I, is a lot of people don't want to imagine the possibility that he leaves, and that's understandable, right? That angers this is, them. This is supposed to be like a therapeutic outlet for some people, where they just have fun with it and they enjoy. It. I get, and that's fine. It's totally fine. But I go back to what we said countless times, and this goes way beyond a hockey conversation. This is almost a life approach. Like some people are going to say things that you don't like. In life, and you're going to disagree with them, but there's a variety of different ways. And, and pushback is great. Pushback is fantastic, right? But uh, I think he did a really nice job of explaining why this matters and why it's important and why it's relevant. And it's not for some sort of sadistic, conspiracy fueled reason, which is like we're doing this to for clicks or to like wedge further between the organization and Pedersen. There's no ulterior motive here. You reached out and you tried to figure out exactly what the tone and temperament of everything is. Isn't You're not getting played by someone back East. Like this is just <laughs> what's happening. The organization is frustrated that they can't get a deal done. No, they're, they're frustrated that they can't even get them to the table. And that's understandable. And it's also understandable that the player said, I'm not going to, do any negotiations until the season is done. I'm going to stand by that. Both things are true. You Both things are happening is? in real time. Yeah, yeah. You know. Oh, there's your real time. I know. There's. You know what the conclusion is? Wow, that's kind of an interesting situation, isn't it? This the situation is <laughs> unfolding as it's unfolding, and it's also happening in a wildly successful season, which is also a wildly surprising season. Mm-hmm. Which I think, again, when we have these reactions and the fan base very split and divided it doesn't really surprise me because there's no blueprint for what's going on right now in the 50 plus years of Canucks hockey I don't remember a time where the team was in first place in the overall NHL standings in March because we're basically in March right now and one of their star players was in this kind of contractual limbo it just Mm -hmm. hasn't happened before I have a question for you guys yes a dog um now, Petey's having a very good year, so yes. it's weird to sort of say it this way because it, it sounds like it's a criticism, but it isn't really. But we, we can all kind of agree he's looked a little off at times this season. Like, his play has just been, I don't know, like, he hasn't been fully engaged or I don't know what it is, but there's a mental thing going on sure. there. Yep. He's just looked a little off at times. Now, could that be because of this situation, which was supposed to be created for not to be a distraction, 
but this situation now has become a distraction, and could that possibly be Would you like my, com- coming back my, towards him? My, my bang honest review on this is that the Pedersen of this year is pretty much the guy that we've seen since he broke into the NHL. This is what he is. He's not a perfect player. He's streaky, but he's going to put up a, probably 100 points year over year. That's why it's weird to say, because he always produces. But this is what he is. Like I don't think, you know, I think, I think he's been off defensively. Mm-hmm. Maybe, that's, yeah, that, that, maybe. That's one thing that makes me Could this situation be weighing on him something. at all? Like, but I mean, it, just, it just seems to me like it could potentially become a distraction to him, which is funny because the whole idea of it was to not be a distraction. Like I, I said it earlier when they were talking about, well, you're going to pay him like a franchise player. I'm like, yeah, but he's not your franchise player. If I was to say the most important player on the team right now would be Quinn Hughes. Oh, the by second, far. And the second would be Thatcher Demko. Yes. No, and no, you no, need from, a one. JT Miller's in there. And the you need, he's yeah, playing right and, now. Like yeah, JT, and, JT Miller, I, I, like, there's three guys who would be up for MVP right now. It would be Hughes, Demko, and JT Miller. Right. Yeah. Now, that being said, at the end of this – the highest paid player out of all of those is, if it goes the way that I think it's going to go, is going to be Elias Pettersson. Oh, easily. So all these things are true. Nothing is, there's no spin. There's no trying to like frame things to make a point or, you know, make this a very black and white argument. I think there's a lot of gray to it, unfortunately. And it's because mm-hmm. Pettersson's a pretty complex individual within a very complex situation. Like everyone else's contract situation is kind of okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, this you know, one's like, not. Like, even even personally, um, when I'm talking to friends about it, when people ask me, like, what's going on with Petey? I'm like, I'm like, I'm tempted to say something like, well, I'm on the radio. I should, like, know what's going to happen. I should, no you, know, you know, it'd be like, oh, he's gone. No you know, idea. or something, or don't worry, he'll sign. You know, like, I don't know. I don't know how it'll play out. You know, I, 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 honestly, like, and I, and I just say that now, like maybe, maybe like a few years ago when I didn't have as much experience in this, when, when I hadn't been like surprised or wrong so many times and sometimes, right. You know, I, I remember with Boudreaux, I was like, I was telling people like, listen, um, what I'm hearing is that like the, the new management doesn't like this guy. Right. Like they don't, they, it's not that they don't like this guy. They just don't feel he's right for the team. And, and people were like, really? Like. Everyone loves him so much, and he did such a great job last season. I'm like, yeah, you know that, you know, for whatever reason, they just want a different style of coach. Mm-hmm. And then, like, people couldn't believe that. But kind of like I, 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 I did know that. Like, I'd heard some things behind the scenes, and and I'm like, yeah, that's going to be interesting to watch. Okay. And it was interesting to watch, right? With this sort of thing, um, the only thing, like, I guess I, we know. Like, I, again, I reached out to someone yesterday. I said, how frustrated are the Canucks? And the answer was, very. You know? Well, yeah, so, especially, like, with, especially with the, so that's like, with the that's trade like, deadline coming up, too, too, right? Like, too. That, that's like news. Yeah, yeah, I'd be frustrated, too, that you, you can't even get them to the table. Because you're, okay, you're kind of like, but 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 that being said, like, I don't, I also know that Petey um, went through some things a few years ago where he got distracted with, Maybe it was social media or he just got off his game a little bit. I don't know what happened. But he said, like, I learned some things and I'm going to try for that not to happen again. So maybe that's related to this. And he's just like, listen, I said I won't talk about it Mm -hmm. before the season. I realize you want me to talk about it, but I think it's best for me. And as a result, I actually think it's best for the team. 
that I don't talk about it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, the, maybe this is a possibility, or maybe he just wants out. Maybe, maybe, maybe these are all maybes I'm saying because I'm telling you I have no idea. That's why I was kind of like right at the end. He's like, maybe he doesn't like sushi. Maybe, maybe he doesn't like the rain. Like sure. a lot of people don't like the rain in Vancouver. They want to go somewhere warmer or even colder with more yeah. sun. You know, like it. I would. Just, I don't know. I, I, would I don't ju- know. I would just preach uh, a little bit more contextualization from people. Take a look at when he says, or he, just the general he, but Bruff in this instance. The royal he? Well, it's like the Canucks are frustrated, but that doesn't mean that Pedersen's done anything wrong. All he did, and and then both those things can be true. All he's done is at the beginning of the year said, I don't want to talk about my contract or negotiate during the season. And he's held firm on that. Awesome. That's his right. That is what he chose to do. He's sticking with it. And I will also add, he has like 74 points in 60 games. So it's yeah. not like he's not performing. No, yeah. He is going to get paid a remarkable sum of money, either from the Canucks or somebody else. That part is also true. There's no doubting that. If he doesn't get it from the Canucks, he'll get it somewhere else. Because he is a 100-point first-line center on an elite team in the NHL. So there's that as well. The team that currently employs him. Is frustrated that they can't get a deal done because they need to plan for the future. Well, they need to know what to hey! do with the trade deadline. That's right. the huge thing. Like, right. It completely changes their trade deadline approach if he stays or not. So, like, that's it's a big, big factor. But they don't have any control over it. I know, but and I can see why they'd be frustrated by that. That is also fine. Yeah, he's giving them just, like, nothing. And right? then we it's like, see- ah, we got a yeah. trade deadline coming up. We need to plan things. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and that's like- fine. But he's like, okay, but your plans are different than my plans. <laughs> well. <laughs> and that's, that's the situation yeah. in a nutshell. Okay, we got a lot more to get to on the program. We didn't even mention the fact that um, we had a whole Pittsburgh Penguins like rundown because that's a very interesting and entertaining team to follow. Uh, maybe not necessarily in a good way because they are really at a potential breaking point for their season. So coming up at 7.30, we're going to talk to Sean Gentili from The Athletic in Pittsburgh about the Penguins. Coming up next, Greg Wyshynski is going to join us. Uh, before you came in, I mentioned that Wish's bold preseason prediction for the Vancouver Canucks was that Elias Pettersson's contract situation was going to loom over everything. So I'll ask him if he's ready to take a victory lap right here on Vancouver Sports Talk Radio. We can get into a bunch of other stuff as well. So Wish at 630, uh, game day preview with Sean Gentile at 730, and then Brendan Batchelor, who's on the call for tonight's game, Canucks-Penguins, 7 o'clock, Rogers Arena. That's at 8 o'clock. we got a big show ahead. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. The most comprehensive Canucks coverage in the city. Canucks Central with Dan Riccio and Satyar Shah. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. on a Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience a Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are in Hour 1 of the program. Hour 1 is brought to you by North Star Metal Recycling. Vancouver's premier metal recycler pays the highest prices on scrap metal. North Star Metal Recycling, they recycle, you get paid. Visit them at 1170 Powell Street in Vancouver. Every Tuesday, we play this music. And my favorite guest, I'll say it. Apologies to our other guests. But my favorite guest, Greg Wyshynski, joins us. 
And we're going to go to him says now. This, says this to all the guests. That's true. Uh, joins us now on the Dispatch Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning Hotline. The first call, the only call. This call goes to Greg Wyshynski from ESPN here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. What up, Wish? That's a tough one after that intro. Yeah, your favorite guest isn't even... Uh... He hung up after he, he heard the up. favorite He's guest like, thing. Yeah, yeah. What happened there? We he don't just know. dropped. He just right as we went to go to him, he dropped. So I mentioned this before you came in this morning. <laughs> Wyshynski put out there in his bold preseason predictions that the Elias Pettersson contract situation was going to loom over everything. Now, I don't think that's a fair and accurate no. um, reflection of what's going on right now, although someone did just text in to the Dunbar Lumber text message in basket at 650-650. Bobby in Vancouver feels like the... EP40 contract talks are starting to overshadow our great season. I'm not ready to go there. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm not ready to go there. I'm excited for tonight's game. I don't think that anything's going to overshadow the fact that the Canucks are first place in the National Hockey League, and it's March, essentially. Stupid leap year. It's March, basically. Um, it's March right now. I will say that this was an inevitability. I think it's a – if you are suggesting that what's happening right now didn't need to happen or was never going to happen. That's got a lot of naivete dumped on top of it. There's no way that you can go through a regular season uh, without any contract talks and just assume that no one's going to mention it or that other teams aren't going to come calling or that people aren't going to start saying, well, what about these other instances of years past and RFAs that have gone into limbo with their contract situations? It's a story, but not one story overshadows the other. But we go now to the phone lines. we got Wish now. Greg Wyshynski from ESPN here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Good morning, Greg. How are you? I'm fine. I'm, I'm driving to the Rangers practice facility, and uh, they don't practice in the city. I don't know if you guys know that. They practice uh, a little bit more here. It, uh, the cell service sucks. There's lakes. Uh, it's in nature. I, I don't, I don't, as a New York city boy, I don't like it. And to get into the rink, you have to fight Matt Rempe. Well, that's actually why I'm going today. I'm doing a story on Rempe for later this week. And, uh, and I'm going to, you know, chat up some of the boys about, about him. Um, I, I gotta tell you, man, this is like in New York. It's like, it's like Jeremy Lin sanity. I mean, yeah. it's like a guy who came out of nowhere and has just caused an absolute fervor, uh, amongst the fans in, in a way that uh, few players have in recent memory in, in hockey in this city. I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty fun to watch. To be honest with you. Okay, I, let's go there. We were going to go to the Pedersen thing, but I do want to ask a question. Like working for a national rights holder, knowing what we know about fighting, we had this conversation yesterday. Like my lizard brain is like, this is awesome, this is rad, fight, fight, fight. And then my normal salient brain is like, this doesn't seem sustainable and is borderline dangerous. How do you go about covering it? Are you just going to say, hey, there is this sort of Linsanity-esque story here and I'm going to go chase it and let it unfold as it unfolds? Well, I mean, I, I don't care. Uh, I guess be the answer to that is just like, I, I cover the stories that I want to cover and if a guy happens to be a fighter, so be it. If if we're talking about fighting in hockey, so be it. I've written about fighting in hockey subsiding. I mean, I've I've written you know all manner and sort of fighting stories, both you know talking about the ongoing tradition of it, but also talking about how you know the generations have you know basically diminished it to the point of it being an anomaly in some ways in this league. 
in Rempe's case, I mean, the fighting is in, in an, an integral part of why he has gained this cult of personality so quickly. So I don't think you can tell the story without dealing with that. Um, but, but, you know, I, I think for anybody, any, anybody who, who, who has the NHL on their, their network, you know, I think there's, there's definitely a, a, a pause to consider whether, you know, you run the fight highlight at, at the top of the show, that kind of thing. Uh, I, think, I don't think that's any secret. You know, the, your response there actually segues nicely into the Elias Pettersson situation because a lot of people have said we shouldn't be focusing on that. We should be focusing on this great comeback victory over Boston on the weekend and the fact the team is first in the NHL. And then Jason had a very impassioned rant this morning that kind of said, look, stories are stories. We're here to figure out what they are and then talk about them and tell them regardless of whether the story is good, bad, or otherwise. And, you know, again, it's not that one thing overshadows the other. Or we can't focus on multiple things at a time. It's just that this Pedersen situation has been hanging out there in the ether, and now it's not necessarily bubbling to the surface because it's already always been there, but it's something worth talking about. And I know you, you tweeted it out yesterday that this yeah. was one of your bold preseason predictions that the, the Pedersen contract was going to loom over everything. I, I would phrase it in a different way. It's there. It hasn't gone anywhere. It's not going to go anywhere until it's resolved. And it deserves as much discussion as anything else because it's a relevant story. It's looming over everything now, though, like without question. It's it's the biggest story surrounding the team. I mean, and, and that might just be they already got their trade deadline business done pretty much uh, with the Lindholm deal. And it might be that the playoffs are still, you know, over, well over a month away. So we got to fill the time and, and our lizard brains automatically go to the most dire outcome, which would be, you know, an integral part of the team deciding he doesn't want to be here because he didn't sign a contract yet. So it it all, it all makes sense. Um, But, but again, like I, I I agree. I don't think that it should be diminished. The idea that in this time of, of, uh, of wine and roses for the franchise, one of the franchise's most important players future remains pretty cloudy. And, and this is the part where you'd figure, you know, all that talk earlier the, in the year about we're grinding, we're getting it done, we're optimistic, and all this stuff coming from management would come to fruition when things are going this well, and it just hasn't yet. So that's completely understandable why people are interested. It's completely understandable why it's a story. Um, to go along with something we've talked about many times, me and you guys, which is the, the inability of Vancouver fans to ever be truly happy. Well, I think, um, I think locally wish... Uh, I think locally, um, there are a lot of fans who would say that it's not looming over everything for me. I was really excited about the game uh, on Saturday, the comeback win over the Bruins. I'm excited for this week. You know, tonight Sidney Crosby's in town, and even though the Penguins have a bit of a weird direction going right now, I'm excited for the Canucks to see if they can win another game. I'm excited for the playoffs. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm able to maybe compartmentalize the, the Pedersen situation. But what I want to know from you is, like, nationally, outside the market, people that don't have the um, – who aren't – who don't, you know, really care if the Canucks win or lose, how big is it a deal that, you know, Elias Pedersen, his status is unknown and – Maybe there are some fan bases out there, I, I don't say maybe because I've seen it, um, that are like, oh, my God, could we get this guy? 
Well, I mean, most of us are talking about the green men coming back. I think that yeah, that really was also that was over. also a very big deal. Yeah, yeah. the overriding headline, yeah. I think, from the weekend. I think that's really when you think Canucks at this point, you don't think about the impending departure of one of their greatest star players. You think about the two guys in the in, in the body condoms coming back to dance in front of the penalty box. Um, no, I, I, I honestly, this is the kind of thing that gets addressed in the summer. I think I think most of the attention would be after the season after it's done you know when when uh, he needs a new contract and 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 there are ti- there's time to marinate on the questions about what his status is whether he wants to stay whether he wants to go i mean I, I, if you're asking me like you know are is national media running polls about whether or not elias Pettersson's going to stick around i don't quite think we're there on this one i think that that would be in the summer if at all um Wish I, I got to ask you about the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, sure. We're going to talk to Gentilly later in the show, so there's going to be a little bit of Penguins talk. We're going to take a break and from the Pedersen talk. Yeah, yeah. We'll see if he's awake. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, you've heard our podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I also <laughs> slept in this morning, so um, I was barely awake. Um, what direction are they going? I mean, again, it's it's a situation where the distance between them and the playoff spots is going to dictate a lot. I, I the Gensel thing is very confusing. I, I have a trade board coming out tomorrow. I think Gensel deserves to be at the top of any trade board at this point. Uh, if he's available, he's the best player available. Like easy. Apologies to Noah Hannafin. Um, but the complication for me and with the Penguins is that. If you're still trying to do this with the guys that you have under contract for next season with the veteran core, I understand that Kyle Dubas is tasked with thinking about what the next thing is going to be for this franchise, but he's also tasked with trying to maximize the chance for this group to win. And I don't, I don't know if trading Jake Gensel or not bringing him back is, is serving that latter purpose. Mm -hmm. And the real complication here for me is, is Sid. You know, we can, we can sit here and talk about, well, it, you know, the, the Penguins can turn in the corner and, and get younger and do all this other stuff if they trade someone like Gensel. The return is going to be amazing. But it's also a fact that Jake Gensel is the single best line mate that Sidney Crosby's ever had. And, and by uh, taking him away, you're, you're then asking, you know, a, a star player who is still productive and, and what have you to kind of like figure out some chemistry with a new guy. And, and, and I think that's an interesting part of this whole thing. I don't think Sid's playing GM, but I do think that's, that's part of the math on any Gensel trade. And, you know, I just think Dubas is in a really tough spot here. Even if Sid can keep playing at a high level for the next three years, and let's say he's so great that he can, can Malkin, Latang and Carlson do that too? And even if, they can can the penguins reinvigorate the roster with enough quality young players in the next three years will they have to move off of long-term contracts to brian russ they got raquel ryan graves tristan jari those guys are all close to 30 now what will they be in two to three years i i I don't see how it's possible to achieve that kind of turnaround now granted i didn't see it for the canucks either which is why I was kind of like, uh, I don't know if it's a good idea to re-sign JT Miller. Got that one wrong, but you know the Canucks star players 
are all young and yeah. they're still growing. So it was a bit of a different situation. Um, it seems even more challenging for Pittsburgh. It's a very different situation. I mean, like, they don't have a Quinn Hughes on that team right yeah. now. Um, I, I think, it, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's night and day. Um, that, that being said, I mean, you know, I, I do think that there's a certain amount of the supporting cast having let this team down. I think it's one of the reasons why they've been so, so up and down. There's no question that some of, the, some of the moves that were made by the previous regime haven't worked out the way they, they intended. Um, but is there a, a world in which you keep Gensel and tweak and, and run it back next year? And, and, and maybe you, if you get in the playoffs, you see what you can do. I think there probably is, um, which again, makes it all the more complicated as to what he's going to end up doing at the deadline with Gensel. We're speaking to Greg Wyshynski from ESPN here on the Halford and Bruff show on Sportsnet 650. Uh, the Penguins are coming off a wild seven to six win over the Philadelphia Flyers. On Sunday, recently you wrote about the Flyers, their quote-unquote F.U. attitude and how they've enjoyed sticking it to their doubters this season, which is great. They're seven points clear of the Penguins for that third spot in the Metro, but uh, this attitude and this sticking it to the doubters, how much more difficult have they made life for their general manager, Danny Briere? I don't know know how much they have, to be honest with you, because I, I think at the deadline... I mean, what what are we really talking about <clears throat> when it comes to flyers? Like, they're not going to buy. That's that's something that's not even on the table. So, despite all this success, it's not as if that math has changed for for Danny Breer and, and Keith Jones. Um, and if they sell, it, it's it's guys like Sean Walker and Nick Sealer and maybe Scott Lawton. It's not as if they have <clears throat> any fundamental gigantic core pieces that they're going to move at the deadline. So, I mean, I, I don't know how much the success has really changed, like, Danny's approach to the deadline. I, I think, you know, what it does is it, it changes their lottery odds pretty significantly, which is probably the biggest issue with their success this season. But, you know, honestly, like, in doing that story, it became pretty clear that those guys, when they walked in the room in, in the preseason, had a much different concept of what this team was than we did. Um, that that was my big takeaway. Like, we we, we didn't we didn't uh, we didn't conceive how important it was going to be that Couturier was healthy and that they were getting Cam Atkinson back. Like there was a mm-hmm. bit more going on here than we probably gave them credit for, and, and probably should have seen them as something better than you know a basement team in the Metro. Hey, Wish, what have you heard about Jacob Markstrom to the New Jersey Devils? Um, because in in theory that move could make some sense. You get Marky in there, he's got a couple years left, and then he hands it over to a guy like Nico Dawes. In theory, I suppose it could make sense, unless unless I'm off there. That's your team, buddy. <laughs> it, it is. Um, you know, the the amount of salary the Flames were going to pick up, the uh, the pieces involved in the deal, it, it just didn't come together, um, you know, from, from uh, both sides of the table type perspective and they and they went down the line pretty pretty deep on it from from what i gather uh uh, you know from from the devil side of things so you know i is it something that could still happen yeah um i'd probably put it still at 50 50 i think the flames being as competitive as they are for the wild card complicates things I've, i've i've heard from several people that making the playoffs in calgary is is at a premium and uh and I think that's going to really impact a lot of things of the deadline for them, to be honest with you. Um, in the Devils' case, though, it's like I, I think they're having a real 
come to Jesus kind of conversation in Jersey right now about whether or not going all in for a goalie at this point is really going to salvage things. Dougie Hamilton still hurt. They miss him dearly. Uh, Jack Hughes playing hurt. Um, this team has not, not at any point in the season put together two good weeks uh, where you believe that they might be able to put two, together two good weeks in March. So I still think that there's probably a uh, reality in the multiverse where the Devils do nothing and then, and then reevaluate things, including the coach, in the offseason. Uh, before we let you go, I did want to ask you about Winnipeg. That's it. Back to Winnipeg. Gary Bettman is going to Winnipeg today to meet with local politicians, business people, and the media. Then he's going to have a fireside chat with fans. Uh, this all stems from the owner, Mark Chipman, kind of throwing up a bunch of red flags last week in an interview with The Athletic, saying that you know, we can't. this isn't sustainable, how low our season ticket base is, and then fans kind of pushing back. Uh, in light of everything that's gone on, how important, how significant is this trip to Winnipeg for Gary Bettman in the NHL? Well, ho- hopefully we can hear from fans. I found it to be kind of odd that the owner of the team was given this platform without there being any any other side of the conversation involved. I mean, it was him, you know, crying about the, the number of season tickets that they've sold um, without really hearing from people who've given them up or, or never bought them. And I thought that was a really kind of a, I don't know, it didn't set, set well with me as somebody who still buys tickets to hockey games to have somebody complaining about me not spending money mm-hmm. uh, when there are, as, as you guys have probably read, any number of things the team has done to discourage fans from re-upping or, or, uh, or you know, being active members of the, of the season ticket community. I also think that this is entirely foreseeable um, because the fans can only buy up so many tickets. You have to rely on your corporate partners to be a big chunk of your season ticket base. And from the moment they moved from Atlanta, that was always going to be a question of whether or not they had enough corporate support in that city to really sustain an NHL franchise. Every time the NHL goes to a new place, Vegas is one of the best examples of it. They make sure that the corporate community is on lock. And if you remember, Vegas gets a team by showing that their corporate community was going to support them without having to even dip into the casinos Mm. to have them buying tickets. So they proved themselves to be viable without having to rely on, you know, 12,000 fans every game. And so this was entirely foreseeable. And and I think that there needs to be a lot more scrutiny of what the Jets have done to alienate people, um, you know, be it the the approach on the ice or be it the, the approach of the community, what have you than simply just giving their owner a forum to uh, bemoan the fact that people aren't buying tickets to see his, his product. Wish, this was great, bud. Thanks for doing it. Enjoy Rangers practice today, and I look forward to reading more about Rempe Mania. Me too. Take care, boys. Thanks, bud. Appreciate it. Uh, Greg Wyshynski from ESPN here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. We're up against it for time, but I did want to sort of introduce that Winnipeg situation. I don't know if you and Dodd talked about it last week because it was late in the week when the – Conversations started to materialize. Yeah, we we touched on it a little bit, but not not extensively. So that's it. Back to Winnipeg. Oh, it might not be back to Winnipeg. It might be out of Winnipeg because it's, no, you know what it's going to be. Back to Phoenix after Phoenix moves to Salt Lake City or Arizona moves to Salt Lake City. Winnipeg will um, uh, limp along for a few years, and then they'll figure out an arena situation in like Scottsdale. 
It's like and, musical chairs, pretty much, and, for and the NHL franchises. And, then, and they'll be like, you know what, Mark, it might make sense. So, he, you know, he says it with a sparkle in his eye, but he it's might. It's not a sparkle. <laughs> I don't want that to happen. I don't want Winnipeg to leave. The, the, the Jets being back in the NHL was awesome, but, you know, like. But it's definitely um, a topic there. of conversation. Yeah. And this isn't necessarily just a Winnipeg conversation. I want to make this abundantly clear. have a poll clear. question. No, poll questions are divisive and they ruin radio shows. Uh, okay, we got a lot more to get to, though. I do want to have this conversation because, again, this isn't just about Winnipeg. When they talk to the fans, this is about modern, current climate with regards to economy and affordability and what it means when you're reliant on a season ticket base to the degree that the Winnipeg Jets are. It's about prices in stadiums. It's about prices for parking. It's about the fan experience. It's about customer service. All these things that aren't just exclusive to Winnipeg, but every Canadian market and really every NHL market, all 32 of them. Uh, so we got a lot more to get into. We'll do that in the 7 o'clock hour. We will also preview tonight's game, Canucks-Penguins, 7 o'clock from Rogers Arena. A reminder, pregame, postgame, and the actual game, you can hear it all right here on Sportsnet 650 at 7.30. Sean Gentilly from The Athletic in Pittsburgh is going to join us to talk about tonight's game. You're listening to the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.